This is Pause for Thought, a podcast brought to you by Pet Stock Assist on behalf of Animal Therapies Limited. At Mobilong Prison in Murray Bridge, an hour south of Adelaide, 18 inmates are paired for eight weeks at a time with former racing greyhounds as part of the largest foster program of its kind in the world. Under the Greyhounds as Pets program, otherwise known as GAPS, prisoners are given the job of caring for and domesticating former racing dogs before they are offered up for adoption in the community. The program first started in the Adelaide Women's Prison in 2014 and was so successful it was expanded to include the men's prison at Mobilong in 2017. In this episode, I talked to Matthew Watson from Greyhound Racing SA and Darren Hosking, General Manager of Mobilong Prison, along with Bev Hatabovich, the prison's employment coordinator. Matt, welcome to Pause for Thought today. Beautiful. Thank you very much for having me. Since 1997, Greyhound Racing SA has run an adoption program to find homes for both retired and non-racing greyhounds. Can you tell us how this program came about and why there was a need to establish a standalone fostering program for greyhounds? Uh, definitely. So uh, back, back going back 1997, a little bit before my time, but um, there was an originally a volunteer-based group that um, was set up to, to help rehome these greyhounds to third parties. Previous to that, trainers were taking on all, all the rehoming themselves in terms of finding, um, finding homes for, for greyhounds following their racing career. Um, and really, the program just grew, grew from there. And how did the collaboration come about with um, Prisons SA to pair inmates with greyhounds in the rehoming process? Uh, Yes, when when you first hear, I guess, the collaboration between um, Greyhound Racing SA, Greyhound Mrs Pets, with the prisons, it does seem like a peculiar mix when you first hear it. Um, Unfortunately, we can't claim that we came up with the idea. This was something that was put in place in the UK uh, many, many years ago. And it really is a great idea when you think about it because the foster care program does require uh, people that do have some extra time on their hands and people that are willing, I guess, to to be involved in the program. And and, um, someone came up with the bright idea that I guess some prisoners do have a lot of time on their hands and and are committed to to whatever program that they want to put their mind to. So um, the program uh, built itself out that way, and and now we've got we've had the program roll out in both the uh, Mobile Prison and also Adelaide Women's Prison. So what's involved in domesticating a greyhound for life after racing? Is it very difficult for them to adapt to life off the track? Uh, generally, no, it's, it's not very hard at all. Greyhounds, similar to all dogs, I guess, are very adaptable. Um, but basically, a, a greyhound um, during their racing career, there typically they live on a rural property, so they're sort of away from, I guess, what you'd call the hustle and bustle of, of suburban um, Adelaide. The way I, I try to put it is, they sort of live the life of a professional athlete. So they're sort of weighted on hand and foot. They have their set meals at set times. Uh, they live quite a, I guess, a what you'd call a structured life of for racing, which which dogs love routine. Um, so following following their racing career, they sort of um, do have to to learn the transition process, just to living in a domesticated home, getting used to things like glass sliding doors, um, the sounds of dishwashers when they go for a daily walk just getting used to, I guess, cars and people and lots of other animals as well. But they do transition quite quickly and quite well. So I guess 
a program like this, it's interesting because you're taking animals or in this case, greyhounds from um, an environment, as you just said, which is quite structured and institutionalised in a sense. And it's not dissimilar in some ways to the structure, I suppose, that inmates are used to. So is that one of the key reasons why this fostering program works? I think one of the major reasons that the program is so successful is just the benefit that both parties get from this uh, this program. So obviously the greyhounds get um, some excellent training and they um, build the companionship with these prisoners, um, but also the prisoners really do get something out of this program. Um, it's not just something for them to pass time. They do learn some great skills. They also actually get some formal training as well as part of this course. Um, but meeting and talking to these uh, talking to these these prisoners, it was really clear to see that the the value these guys place on the program and the benefit that they do get. It's always surprised me, and I'm sure it surprises others, that you see these animals on the track and they're so competitive and they're so fast and they look, as you say, like super athletes. But from all reports, they like nothing better just lounging around on a couch all day. That, yeah, that is exactly right. We call them, um, like I said, the fastest couch potato <laughs> that we know of. So um, they're, if I was to describe greyhounds, I would describe them as, as lazy super affectionate um, animals that's their personality from from when they're when they're born to to all the way through to retired from racing they're sort of even when they are i guess what you see on the tv is typically a far absolutely fast athlete um, moving at sort of 60 to 70 kilometers an hour but even then they are still just absolutely affectionate and um, once they finish finish racing which um, they come off with a wag on their tail and they just want to pat as well and what sort of home are they ideally suited to that's probably the great thing about greyhounds that they are suited to all walks of life. So, from anywhere from someone who lives on a, on a house uh, with a with a bit of property or a bit of land, they're suited to that. All the way through to somebody who works full time in the city in an apartment as well. So, our greyhounds are adopted out to all people of all walks of life, whether they're retired or young professional couples in a city, rural, which is which is really pleasing to see these greyhounds living in all walks of life. Darren, you manage an open campus-style prison located about 80 kilometres southeast of Adelaide that accommodates several hundred male prisoners. For the benefit of our listeners, can you explain the different types of programs you deliver in the prison? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So uh, we do differ from a high-security uh, facility uh, where our focus on uh, open security, uh, open campus, medium security uh, prison, uh, which means we do have a heavy focus uh, on programs, education uh, and industries. And part of our programs uh, at our site are around uh, rehabilitation. And obviously we're focusing on uh, offenders to address uh, previous offending behaviour, uh, take more responsibility for themselves uh, and try and make something uh, more positive uh, out of their life. Okay, now the Greyhounds Adoption Program involves inmates domesticating dogs that have retired from racing so they are suitable to be adopted out to people in the community as pets. Why did you think it would be suitable for inmates? Yeah, great, uh, great question. I think the reason we uh, introduced this uh, to start off with was, you know, it had a, it made a positive contribution to both the prison and also the prisoners, and you can actually really see and feel and hear that uh, positive contribution within a prison environment, and you can actually see the prisoners responding uh, so well uh, to actually being responsible. Uh, 
not only for themselves, but also uh, responsible to a greyhound and for a greyhound. And so I think that's really what uh, what started off. Um, and, I, and I might actually uh, go over to Bev here if I can, because Bev will actually be able to uh, provide a sort of bird's eye view of sort of the inner workings, not only of the program, but some of her observations as well. Um, so the, where the, the kennels are based, it's right in the heart of the prison, which means because we're open campus, every prisoner can walk past and pat a dog or see the dog or see the run-ins of the program. So it doesn't just benefit the, the prisoners that are handlers with the greyhounds, it also benefits the whole the prisoner as a whole. We often get prisoners that are you know, a little bit out of whack there. They're not used to being in the prison environment. And to come and pat a dog that's non-judgmental, that you've got that tactile, you've got that trust with the dog, it sort of relaxes the prisoner a little bit more. So there's a lot more benefit than just the prisoners that handle the dogs. And also these prisoners are doing a, a, a community, they're giving back. So they feel like they've got the responsibility of actually um, giving something back to the community. They're achieving something. Bev, how are the inmates selected for the program? As I imagine it would be quite popular and you only have a certain number of dogs that need rehabilitating for adoption. Yep, we have 16 greyhounds at a time, which is quite a large kennel. Um, so the prisoners are selected. They can request to go on the program. We interview every prisoner. We go through quite a process. So we look at what they're actually in prison for. So making sure there's no animal cruelty charges that they've got. The prisoners that are what we call on harat, uh, mentally not coping with prison. We look at them so that they've got something to actually look forward to and to support them through the first maybe six months of their, their jail time. And then, obviously, once we've interviewed the prisoners, we've selected the prisoner, we have gaps that come in three times a week. So they do, it's quite full-on training. They do three mornings a week. And then, obviously, I support them. The social workers support them right through. So they've got care and support all the way through. Okay. And what's actually involved in a practical sense in this program? How do they go about, do they have a structured process in terms of training the dogs? Or can you explain that? Oh, absolutely. Because it's 16 prisoners that go into the kennel with 16 dogs, they have a schedule, a cleaning schedule, feeding, exercising, um, and obviously the dogs go back to the prisoner's cell so that they have time with noises like the TV, um, a kitchen, so they're trained not to go in the bin. Prisoners spend a lot of time with these dogs, and that's why at adoption, mobile on prison dogs are adopted out first because the training is very intense. And it's, it's quite funny to see the, the prisoners training the dog, but the prisoners also get trained without realising it themselves. So they're, they're managing to do teamwork. They, um, they have to learn you know, a lot of patience. They get over anxieties with working in a, in a large group. So it's beneficial all around. And Darren, I suppose in a way this program is offering something that inmates really get, and that's unconditional acceptance companionship and, and love from a dog and also a sense of purpose. I'm just wondering what changes you see in the prisoners when they go through this program and whether those behavioural changes flow onto other areas. Yeah, look, absolutely. Again, another great question. Um, and you do see uh, changes to a prisoner as part of this program. Uh, you can easily see uh, improvements in uh, mental health. Uh, improvements in coping skills and, and, and mechanisms. Uh, you see improved social skills. Uh, you see improved team cohesion as well. Their physical health improves as well because once they're 
their mental health uh, improves, then they get that uh, that energy and that motivation to do something about their physical health. And also, you know, as part of the program, they're walking the dogs as well. So you absolutely see that, as you as you mentioned before, you see that sense of purpose and pride. And that is absolutely something we try and uh, give these prisoners as part of this program is not only purpose and, and a reason to get up each day, but also, uh, you know, that feeling of being proud of achieving something and to see those dogs, whilst it's a sad event for prisoners to actually see those dogs go, at least are proud that they've actually contributed to that dog's life and also the community. They've actually given back, uh, and this is something that uh, Bev said before, they've actually given something back to the community and they are absolutely proud of, of, of that achievement. And you also see that really improvement uh, in their sense of well-being as well. So some really great takeaways that we get from this uh, from this program. And as you've just alluded to, I imagine that many of the prisoners form a close bond with these dogs, and it must be hard to say goodbye to them after two months. Once those dogs leave the prison for a life outside, if you like, how do you keep the men from slipping back into a mindset that could be detrimental given their sense of purpose and animal companionship disappears? Well, I can answer that. As soon as the dogs go, um, and quite often, you know, the the guys will know that the dogs are going to adoption day and most of the dogs are already adopted, so they're only out um, from the prison one day before going into a home. But on that day when we take the dogs out, there are grown men, there are, you know, elderly men, there are older men that will stand and cry when the dog goes. So as soon as the dogs go, if they go on a Friday, we try and bring new dogs in on a Monday. So there's not too much gap. And then I give them something to do over the weekend, like cleaning the kennels or um, redoing paperwork. That They get lots to do, lots to focus on before the new dog comes in. We also let them know which dog they're going to get when they come in and what type of dog it is. They know how, how long it's been racing, how much money it's won racing, um, the history of the dog, the health history. So they have other things to focus, focus on before the dog, new dogs come in. Further, further to that, with Mobilong, uh, one of our core foundations is that uh, we are absolutely committed to contributing to a prisoner's desistance journey, that journey where they eventually desist from a life of crime. Um, and so whilst we talk about the uh, rehabilitative programs, we also offer uh, education, uh, employment in our in prison industries. Uh, aside from that, we also uh, offer targeted vocational training and we also provide a healthy and safe environment. So we actually do a lot of work uh, around uh, providing healthy, nutritious uh, food, provide access to uh, recreation fitness. And then we have these special programs such as the, the GAPS. Are, you know, one of our main targets is to keep a very busy prison. And that's where GAPS does, uh, does have an impact to the prison. It does create that busyness and that, um, that activity for prisoners. And then through that uh, through that program, um, as I said, you know we do see these these improvements in mental health, but we also see significant learnings uh, from the prisoners around personal responsibility, around discipline, around caring and nurturing for someone other than themselves. And these are you know life skills that they can then take away uh, once they are discharged uh, from prison. And they learn about you know teamwork. They learn about work ethic, and it's also gives them time for that personal reflection. And I think that's what Bev was sort of alluding to is on those days uh, where the dogs are graduated and they exit the prison, 
um, that does provide uh, prisoners a time for reflection because if you know, some do get quite emotional because they, you know, they've, they've nurtured this dog for, for so many weeks and then it goes. They can also uh, think about, well, you know, I've actually made that personal contribution myself as well. So it's actually quite an amazing um, experience uh, within the prison environment. And do you get a lot of feedback from the prisons themselves about what they've got out of this program? Yes, absolutely. And uh, if you might indulge me for about half a minute, could I just read one piece for you, if that's okay? Certainly, go ahead. Um, we've got one from one prisoner here. I've actually got uh, quite a few uh, pieces of feedback in front of me. I just want to read one, and it reads, For so many years in jail, I've only ever had to think about myself, to put myself first, to look after myself, to ensure that I'm good. Working with GAPS has given me responsibility for something other than myself for once. And it feels as though by putting the dog first that I'm doing something right and positive for my life. And that, uh, that is quite standard feedback uh, that I've received from the prisoners. And, and quite often they say, you know, we, we enter prison uh, angry, you know, confused, uh, feeling that we're judged, feeling that we're worthless. And through this program, it brings back, uh, you know, a dog that is non-judgmental. You know, you've got something positive that you can contribute to and they can come out uh, the other side of this program uh, as quite different individuals. That's wonderful to hear. Um, can you see this program being expanded across Australia to other prisons or is that already happening? Yep, um, we've definitely got other GAP programs running interstate. Um, none of them are as large as the one in South Australia, um, which I'm particularly proud of. We had them running in New Zealand. New Zealand have um, not a greyhound program, but for um, dogs that need rehoming. They look after and, and retrain domestic animals as well as the dogs. And also there's programs in America with the other dogs. Of course, that's where they, it first started. But to be honest, I'm, I'm so proud of our, our program because it's now the largest of its kind in the world. Something to be very, very proud of. I think it's a fantastic program and I think one of the the really great things about this is that it's a win-win situation for everybody. So that's, you know, you can't ask for anything better than that. So Bev, Matt and Darren, it's been great talking to the three of you today on Pause for Thought. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.